on today's episode of the Playgrounder Podcast, our first official off-season episode, uh, free agency episode. We talk about our 10 most intriguing free agents. So not necessarily the 10 best, not necessarily the 10 highest paid projected, not necessarily the 10 most impactful, but 10 guys who we're interested in and we want to talk about and we're intrigued to see where they sign, how much they sign for. We get into it and then we start off with the news in five because the off-season back and news is back and the league and the drama and everything infused with the offseason is back. So we're also bringing back those drafts that we did. Um, so if you have any ideas for any drafts you want to see, please tweet at us at Playgrounder NBA or at Zach Wilson 50 or at Matt Esposito underscore. This episode, there's no draft, but they will be coming back lots during the uh, during the offseason with a lot of great guests during the draft. So make sure you stay tuned in for that. As always, please subscribe. Please subscribe to our other pods, the Quiz of the Beat pod, the Playgrounder Trade pod, the Playgrounder YouTube channel, and go to theplaygrounder.com. We uh, we got a new site coming up soon, looking going to look sleek. I'm super excited for it, but for now, let's get it. Okay, so... Yesterday, last night, like 11 p.m., I went with a friend to Buffalo Wild Wings. And nice. Yeah, that was pretty good. Like, we were watching baseball, the game seven between the Rays and the Astros, just kind of doing our thing. Um, and both of us, like, we really like hot wings, so we got some ones that were pretty spicy. We didn't get, like, those, those killer ones, mm-hmm. but stuff that was, like, high up on the scale, but we knew the server, and... She was willing to give us like a cup of the like their I don't know what they call it, but it's just the hottest sauce they have there. And she gave us some like chips like to the, dip it in. Like the jalapeno it's like habanero. It's like some blazing suicide. Like it doesn't even have a name. Like it's like something like that. Like suicide or blazing sauce. I don't know what she called it. And yeah, so she gave us that with some chips to dip it in. And of course, me being like a twenty two year old idiot, I was like, Oh yeah, let me just take a huge scoop. And so I ate it, and it wasn't bad at first. I was like, oh, this is light. But it's one of those that just slowly, slowly just came, and my whole mouth was on fire. And you know what you do when your mouth is on fire? You're supposed to, like, drink milk, I think, right? You just you dip another chip in, and you do the whole thing over again. Why? Why? <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> I did that. And then on top of that, I was already eating wings that were, like, high up on the spice scale. Before we went, we ate a bowl of chili each. And then the server, because she was like, she obviously we were eating really hot stuff and they don't have milk there for some reason. So she bought us a bowl of ice cream. Well, okay. I'm like kind of lactose, but I still yeah. ate it anyway. So my stomach this morning is in all sorts of shambles from like spicy food to chili to just wings in general, I guess. And then ice cream. So if I have to leave like halfway through this episode, that's why. Yeah, thank you for letting me know. Um, I I get it, man. We're all a little lactose intolerant. Um, just you know, you, use your head, young man. You, I feel like I gotta yell at you like a dad. Like, yeah, I use don't, your head. My friend was was like, "Why are you taking that big of a a scoop?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then I did. It. Have you ever? Okay, you've watched Hot Ones, right? Yeah. So me and a friend stayed in an Airbnb a couple like a week ago, and in the fridge was that last dab sauce. Mm-hmm. And we had some pizza, and I took like the smallest little like dab into it, mm-hmm. and it was so hot still. 
and like there was so such a little amount on this piece that I ate and it's still like it burnt my mouth. I just don't find it enjoyable when people are like, yeah, let's eat all this hot stuff. I'm like, I know you don't. I know it doesn't taste good. I know no. you don't. I know you're not enjoying this. No, like, I didn't. Enjoy I, don't it. Do it. I just yeah. did it because uh, it makes me really cool. Yeah, no, you definitely <laughs> got cooler in my book. You're you. definitely cooler now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just I stay away from that. I stay in my zone. Honey barbecue. Raspberry bourbon, mm. peach chipotle—it's my range. Yeah, no, I I made sure to get like because we got three different flavors. I got like two hot ones and then one that wasn't. It was just like a honey garlic something. But he ended up going with three hot flavors, and he regretted it after he said because he said he had like no break. It was just going from hot wing to hot wing to hot wing. So yeah, I'm happy I'm cooler now though because I eat a lot of hot sauce. No, you're on the cool scale. You just you went from like. You're you're up on like Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt levels. You know what though? I really do like spice and like spicy food, but I do find once you get to like the really really hot stuff, like other than the fact that it just burns your mouth, usually the flavor is like gross too. It's not good. It's just it's really not enjoyable. Like we need to start learning this as a, as, as a people. Uh well um yeah so I guess we can talk about basketball other than my wings unless you have a wing story too. I don't have a wing story. Um, let's talk about basketball. We have some good stuff. We have some good news. We have some good free agent stuff. I want to go on like a two minute rant at some okay. point, but you know, it'll, it'll happen naturally. Yeah. So now that the off season's back, we're getting back to our news in five since there's news happening on the constant. Mm-hmm. And even for this one, since we haven't done it for a while, I'm not getting every single piece of news, just kind of the important stuff. And maybe if I even left out some important stuff. And we'll also be bringing the drafts back because we know uh, those are really fun. So if you guys have ideas for drafts, tweet at us at ZachWilson50 or at Matt Esposito underscore or at Playground or NBA, whatever suits your fancy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we'll be bringing those back. And not this episode. This episode, we're talking about free agency. We have, what, like three months of an off season to cover, it looks like. It looks like January something is the start date. Yeah, yeah, it, I think so. I, I heard some March stuff, but I think it's going to be January. So we, we got some time, but it's going to be fun, man. We're going to fill it with some fun stuff. So, yeah, how about before we get into this episode, we'll just hit the, the news in five really quick. We have, um, like I said, we have a bunch of stuff, a bunch of really important stuff. And I left some unimportant stuff out because there is a ton of news since the last time we've done this. Dude, hit me with it. Let me give you my hot takes on all the news that you have. All right, you're going to start the timer? Oh, you forgot your role in this. Wow, we haven't done it in so long. I have one job. I have one job to do. Um, we run this timer, and then we don't even pay attention to it, though. It started. It started. It started. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ty Lue got hired as the Clippers head coach, and Chauncey Billups and Larry Drew will be his assistants. Yeah, good. Um, I actually think that the the assistants are bigger news than the main coach hiring. Like, we know that Ty Lue can like coach a team to a championship. Um, I don't want to like diminish what he does with X's and O's, but I do think it's important to tell that like he does have a really good um, reputation as like a, like a player's coach as well. Like he's good at developing relations. Um, and then Chauncey Billups, like I'm excited for this. I always thought Chauncey Billups was going to be a general manager somewhere, um, but clearly he wants a chance at winning a title. So I, yeah, I, all around it's, it's going to be a really good staff. And um, I like the moves, although I personally would have kept Doc Rivers. Yeah, we'll see. It seemed like the Clippers' main problem last year was chemistry and getting guys mm-hmm. to to like each other and and behave well in the locker room. So we'll see if Ty Lue can grab a hold of it. 
the next piece is pretty easy. It's just AD plans to opt out and sign back with the Lakers, which I think we all pretty well knew was going to happen from the moment he got traded there. So the interesting part of this is, you know, no one is surprised that he's he's opting out and then he's going to resign. But I'll be very interested interested to see what he resigns for and and more more specifically like for how long. Like, is he going to do something that? is maybe aligns a little more with LeBron. Like what does LeBron have? Two more years left there? Uh I think I feel like he might have one. Does he have two? Either way, like I would my, my point is this, like whether LeBron has one or two years left, I wouldn't expect Anthony Davis to do like one of those five year deals. Like I don't think he's gonna over, I don't think he's he wants to be on the books if like LeBron isn't there. Like, maybe for, like, one extra season, but I don't think he wants to do that. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a three-year deal with a team option. Or, I'm sorry, with a player option for the last year. And, like, I need to go back and look at how many seasons he's played to see, like, what next contract he'll qualify for. Like, if, if he'll get, like, the 10-year, like, bonus. So, um, wow. we I feel like I did no homework for this. We just <laughs> like, did, how... We just did 80 back to the Lakers in five. Um, but LeBron is signed till 2022. Uh, another coaching hire, Doc's in Philly, and Dave Yeager is his assistant, which I feel like that's pretty good. That's two really solid head coaches teaming up on a staff on a team that I think really needs um, some smart X's and O's finally. And I think it, it does take some creativity to make these pieces work because as much as Ben Simmons and Embiid can fit well together and they are two amazing talents, the guys around them don't really fit around them well. So who knows if they'll make some trades or what, but Doc... Got a new job right away. Yeah, good for Doc. I think I think Jaeger's a NBA level head coach. We'll see what they do. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't, like, how creative can you get when you know you have a Ben Simmons who doesn't want to shoot a basketball? Like, I don't know. I think it's a really tough task. I mean, good for good for Doc Rivers, and um, I think it's ultimately it's a good opportunity for him. I'm just I'm a little pessimistic about their chances, regardless of who coaches them. But that's just me. Yeah, you need to surround Ben Simmons uh, with shooters. Kristaps uh, mm. underwent surgery to repair his torn meniscus that he tore in the playoffs. This was a few weeks ago, I think, but uh, like I said, we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, uh, really, really just scares me. Everything about him scares me, like, in his injuries. It's just, it's something that if I was a general manager, I just, I wouldn't take the risk on him. I just wouldn't do it, like... And it sucks because he's good every time he plays. Even coming back from the injury in the playoffs last year, he started to really look like his elite level self again. Yeah, he's really freaking good. Like, total unicorn, but it's it sucks that he's injured. Uh, another guy who got surgery, Isaiah Thomas, went through surgery to fully resolve his hip issues. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens with him. I, I, I guess I hope he gets back on the team. I don't know. I guess you have more of an affinity toward IT than I would being a Boston fan. I mean, yeah, obviously we love IT, and we forget it was, like, not that long ago. He was a top-five MVP. <laughs> right? <Like, laughs> Leading the sucks. number one it, seed in the East. It, re- it really sucks what happens to him and, like, hip injuries. Like, it's just – you can see how it affects him on the court. Um, but we'll see him. Like, best-case scenario, he can be a backup guard for someone and do really well. So that's – you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I still find it so weird that this guy was top five in MVP. Like, looking back, like he was so – that team was really just – yeah, that team overperformed. Really Brad Stevens coached that team yeah. really well. Uh, Daryl Morey stepped down in Houston. Everyone in Houston's leaving. Uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook trade? Um, I don't see that happening. I mean, I don't know who would take Westbrook. 
I mean, we, we've heard like some Knicks rumors, but this is this is like prime season on NBA Twitter where like you just hear people kind of like saying stuff, and you're like, all right, like I'm not really gonna pay attention to this. Like me personally, I'm not gonna. I'm not like, oh, like Westbrook, the Knicks really want him. Like, all right, everyone's saying stuff. So Yeah, until uh, until Woj or Sham says something, I kind of stay off it. Uh, and then the last piece of news we have is, I just like putting this in here, that Dirk Nowitzki declined Steve Nash's uh, offer to be an assistant coach for him. And Dirk said that if he ever did come back as an assistant, he would have to do it in Dallas. So he's like, he's just the epitome of loyal. There's something cool about a guy who about players who just want to grind it out with one team. I think there's something really special about that, that um, I, I think it's okay to be like, yeah, I want to see more of that in sports. I, I, w- I want to see guys really stick it out on a franchise. So good for yeah. Dirk. Duncan and Dirk are, are different breeds because Duncan mm-hmm. obviously is coaching in San Antonio. Uh, I assume we went way over the five minutes. We just got to six minutes. So honestly, okay, not, not that, that bad. bad. That's not that bad. Uh, and there's, a, like we said, a ton of other news going around, whether it's, who's going to get hired in New Orleans or in Indiana or whatever, or just different front office moves or different rumors. But uh, I think those are the important ones we kind of stuck with. Did you, do you have anything in mind that we missed? Uh, I think we're all right, man. I think we I got think it good. all. Yeah. How about we get into some free agent talk? And, you know, for our first free agents episode, we wanted to, you know, talk about a bunch of free agents. Obviously, we can't talk about everyone because there's a lot of them, like there is every year. But what we did is we compiled our list of our 10 most intriguing. So these aren't necessarily the 10 best. These aren't necessarily the 10 guys who are going to get paid the most or the 10 guys who are going to have the biggest impact on a team. But these are just 10 guys that. We were really intrigued about we wanted to talk about we wanted to discuss. Um, if you guys have a guy that isn't on this list that you're super intrigued by, please tweet at us and let us know why and let us know who it is because I do have a couple guys not within these 10 that I'm intrigued in. But like we said, we had to cap it off at a number. So we chose 10. Uh, we kind of went back and forth picking these guys. So five of them are Matt's guys and five of them are my guys. Why don't you uh, Why don't you start with one of your guys? All right. I'm going to start with Joe Harris. Um and I'm going to start with him because something I didn't know that I learned from your other podcast, um, Quiz the Beat, which is really good, um, that the Pacers had an offer out on – had two offers out, one on one with Harris and one with – Yeah, I didn't McDermott. know that either. Yeah, he, the, the Pacers yeah. offered Harris and McDermott, I guess, essentially the same contract. And, they, and they're like, whichever one signs first, like you're going to get it. Um, and obviously like it, it, it wasn't Joe Harris, so like – He's a guy to me who is sh- like sh- is worth a lot of money. Like what he does, he's elite at what he does, and what mm-hmm. he does is remarkably important. Like, and you know we saw it this year with the Miami Heat, right? Like having a having a just a floor spacer who can like run around and run off screens and just create havoc is super super important. So like he's someone who should probably make, in my opinion, like fifteen million dollars a year. Like I think that's really fair. He's a starter in the NBA and he's really good at what he does and. If you, if you want to pay more, like I'm cool with it too. But the problem is the teams with cap space this year, like he doesn't really make much sense. Like I, I don't know. I mean, I guess Atlanta, like if you were to put him because they have cap space, if you were to put him next to Trey Young, but like I'm I I think they'd rather just stay with like a younger player like Herder and on cheaper con- a cheaper contract. I don't know if he makes sense in a place like Phoenix. Like I think they like Rubio and and uh, and Booker. So like I don't know if he really makes sense there um it's weird 
like I feel bad for him because he deserves this huge contract and and I think some team is going to give it to him and and this is kind of my theme of the offseason in general is I think we're going to see teams just move off of contracts so they can get space and try and like create the cap space to sign guys like it you know hopefully Joe Harris ends up on a team where he makes a, a real impact but I think he just stays in Glenn right like yeah well in this year's free agency it's like I don't think guys are going to get big deals like the deals they deserve. Like AD is going to get paid. Uh, it seems mm. like Fred Van Vliet's probably going to get quite a bit of money. But past those two, it seems like it's just kind of a mystery because everyone just wants to wait for next free agency when there's Kawhi and Paul George and Giannis and Oladipo and literally every all-star in the league becomes a free agent. So, uh, But Joe Harris is one of the best shooters in the league. He's probably top six or something. I don't know. Like I'd, yeah. You have Steph, Clay, Duncan, Bertans. And then he's probably in the argument for the next one. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like he shot fifty eight percent from three in this year's playoffs, and that was only two of the four games of that Raptors series. But still, to shoot that well, and I remember watching those games. He was probably the best offensive player in their team. Like Karis Levert was better, but Toronto was kind of they had schemes to guard him, whatever. But yeah, uh, I really like Joe Harris. He deserves to. I don't know. Like I, I'm so bad at predicting contracts especially when we have no idea what the salary cap's going to look like yeah i'm not too worried about like the cap because i think the nba will figure that out um because they're like if they don't there's some pretty crazy ramifications and like you don't want to ha- you don't want to end up having this year that like where maybe maybe they kind of like lower the cap or keep the cap where it is and then and then like it spikes up like 17 million dollars and we kind of have a repeat of what allowed Kevin Durant to go to Golden State? I don't think the NBA wants that again, and they don't want they don't want all these teams making dumb decisions like signing Evan Turner to like a seventeen million dollar a year deal, um, like Bismack Biombo to get like eighteen million a year. So I, I'm not too worried about that, but I I'm you know I I, I end up I think Joe Harris ends up going back to Brooklyn. It just kind of sucks because like he should have more suitors on real teams that can actually pay him. So, I mean, not well, that Brooklyn's not a real team, but we'll see if Miami gets him back or not back. We'll see if Miami gets him. They've got a quite a bit of cap space surrounding Butler with Duncan and Joe Harris and heroes, the best shooting team ever. I don't think they're going to use their cap space though. I think they're waiting. No, I for think it. they'll sign one year deals for guys. We'll but see. That's what, I think, like, that's what I think everyone's going to do really is they're just going to wait for next year because why not? We'll, <laughs> we'll see. And like, we're going to talk about Dragic later, so I don't want to spoil it, but like, he should – well, I'll, I'll I'll put it off. I'll put off my Drogic talk in, like, my one-year deal kind of kind of rant a little bit. Okay, so what about DeMar DeRozan intrigues you? I, like – does anybody want him on their team? Which I feel so bad because he's, like, he's – I think he's underrated yet still, like, you can't value him too high. I, like, I don't know what to say about him because if you even look at his last two years in San Antonio, you would – kind of think by off the media hype and just the fact that he didn't make the all-star teams like he did for three years in a row in Toronto that he dropped off but he if you look at his stats and you kind of watch he really kind of had his best two years in San Antonio when you look at his efficiencies and his scoring and he set like career highs and rebounds and assists per game in both years in San Antonio like there's top two seasons it's just I don't know you can't have him as your number one we saw that worked in Toronto you can have great regular seasons and success, but ultimately you'll lose out to a team who's led by a LeBron or Kawhi or KD. Like you're not going to win a championship with him as your number one guy. But at the same time, you can't really have him as your number two because the two most important aspects for 
anyone that's not just an elite level star are defense and three point shooting. And those are the only two aspects in his game that aren't strong. He's really he's re, he's pretty good at everything else. So I'm like I don't know is he going to accept the player option? I haven't heard anything about that. Maybe that's his best bet. But then again, if he enters a free agency pool with all those all stars, he probably won't get paid either. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know who wants him. I don't know if the Spurs want him. I just I'm really interested to see how much he's going to get paid. Yeah, um, there is a case for him to opt in and then become a free agent next year because next year's class does have more stars, but I think that, I mean, there are going to be some teams that miss out, right? Like, and I think he can be, depending on, like, who you are, like, what team you are, I think he can be a nice consolation prize. Like, but he's a guy who, I, I actually just think he's, like, underrated you know full stop right like he he can score the basketball and it sucks that he doesn't really like shoot threes and make a lot of threes in toronto he started because nick nurse and Dwayne casey wanted to get him into it and he was up to like over 30 percent which i mean he shot 31 percent his last year in toronto which obviously isn't amazing but for a guy who's so lethal inside the arc like if you can get him shooting 31 percent from three that's great but then as soon as he came to San Antonio, he shot 0.6 and 0.5 attempts per game from three. So he's not even shooting yeah. a three per game there. Which is which is like part of like the Spurs. Like I think that what the Spurs really hammer is like they accentuate ex- accentuate what you're good at. Right. And they they try and minimize what you're bad at, which they, every team does, but they do it to such a wild extent. Um, but like there are some teams out there that should look to either sign him if he opts out or trade for him. Like. I think a team like Orlando should just trade for him. Just get get the talent and make like if you're gonna try and compete for the playoffs every year, at least put more talent on your team and see what happens, right? Like, I think there are teams that are looking to either get back in the playoffs or go from like an eighth seed to like a sixth or fifth seed, and like he could really really help. So I like Demar, um, and he's kind of in a weird spot because the Spurs have a lot of young talent, um. And I don't know if he makes sense there, but like they are very, they're an underrated team for like best young core. They are, and I, to me, next year they're a team that like I could certainly see making the playoffs. Definitely, like I thought, Lamarcus Aldridge. You can see he, anyone in the West. Well, he like he like Aldridge really changed his game. Like he's like about halfway through the year, he started taking like four to five threes a game and was just making them like all the time. So he really changed his game. And, like, if their young guys take a step forward, like if if Murray, Lonnie Walker, um, I'm missing one. Who am I missing? I, they have a bunch. Derek White. Even, like, a guy like Quindary yeah. Weatherspoon or Keldon Johnson. Long, yes, yep. Uh, even Jakob Pertle, if they bring him back. Like, they actually have a quite quite a solid young core. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. Um, I think they should all come back and, like, <laughs> and like try and make the playoffs and then go from there. But – that would be my advice for DeMar DeRozan, who, you know, I'm 99% sure he's a listener of our show, but in, I think for, that 1%, for that 1% chance that he's not, like, you know, that kind of sucks. But so he's listening right now. I That's the that's the thing that kind of sucks about him is he can raise your floor for sure. And if you have him, you – and as long as you have, like, a solid team around him, like, he's not going to take the Knicks to the playoffs right now. But if you have him and you have at least a decent team around him, you have a strong chance at making the playoffs – it's just he also puts a ceiling on your team because mm. I don't. He just like we said, he doesn't shoot and he doesn't play defense, and that really, really limits you, especially in the playoffs. Like he was legitimately getting played off the floor in Toronto. Mm. So, we'll see. 
I yeah. guess that's why he's intriguing, though. I guess that's why he's intriguing. <laughs> right. Um, why don't we go to another one? Uh, who do you want to talk about next? All right, let's go to Christian Wood. So uh, uh, I think it was Bobby Mark. I don't know. I forget who reported it, but they were saying that, like, the belief around the league is that Christian Wood is a guy who's going to get, uh, like, the the nine – I think it's, like, $9.3 million um, mid-level exception. Like that, so that's what he's gonna earn earn in free agency. And like immediately, um, I'm looking up his stats now. By the way, Zach, I'm not just like texting. Um, immediately, people were pushing back on it, and they're like, "No, this 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 guy's really good." And like anyone who watched Christian Wood knows that he was really freaking good in Detroit, especially um, at the end of the season. Oh, he was so good. So like, a, you know, your your first glance at his numbers. All right, it's it's thirteen and six. Um, you know, you look at you look at his shooting percentages, like he shot, he made 63% of his twos, which is wild. He made 38% of his threes, right? 56 overall from the floor. Like when you like go back and watch this guy play, like if you haven't watched this, this kid play, like he is so, so, so good. He's quick. He can blow by other bigs. Um, he can really, really, he can really, really score the ball from like, not just from three, but around the rim as well. Like he's, he's remarkable. Um, I'm looking up his last, Let's see. All right. So, like, his last thir- 13 games, he started 11 of them. He played 34 minutes a game. So, he was, like, he's a starting level player. 56% from the floor, four, uh, 40% from three on over four times per game. Got to the line almost six times a game, which is, like, at a, a really good rate. And averaged 23 points and 10 rebounds a game. So, like, he's really freaking good. He's going to get way more than the MLE. Like, if I was a team um, – I don't know how good of a fit this is, but I actually do kind of like it. If I was a team like Phoenix and I could put Christian Wood next to DeAndre Ayton, who's in a much improved offensive player and can clean up a lot of Wood's mistakes, like a lineup of Ayton, Christian Wood, um, Michael Bridges, and, and then Rubio and Booker, like you'd have to figure out what you do with Ubre. Um, but like, the Suns are a team that want to make the playoffs, and that, and they should sign him. They have the cap space, so like I think I think he's going to get paid way more than nine million dollars, and I think it's going to be worth it for sure. Yeah, I don't know if I'm if I'm Phoenix, I would spend my money more on a point guard and trade Rubio. I just think Rubio is the same sort of thing as Demar that uh, he'll raise your floor for sure, but he can also put a ceiling on your team, especially against next to a guy like Booker who. You want to put the ball in his hands and let him run and let him do his thing. And as much as Rubio is an improved shooter, if you can get a guy who's you know a top level shooter next to Booker who can also control the ball, I, th- I just think that's an amazing fit. But either way, I I kind of hope Christian Wood stays in Detroit. And I was talking to James Edwards about this on the Quiz the Beat Pod, so there's another plug for that one. But we were saying how like if Blake comes back and has any sort of resemblance of his old self, a nice little like pick and roll game between the two bigs could be absolutely lethal because Blake's a solid ball handler and playmaker. Christian Wood can pop out and shoot. He can roll to the rim. So I kind of hope he stays. And I don't like, we're talking about all this money and he should get paid more than that. But it's not just, we have to remember that this off season, especially it's not just how much he deserves, but how much teams are willing to give out. Cause like we said, teams are going to wait for next year. Everyone's going to want their chance at the big dogs. So why would they spend that much money on a guy like Christian Wood or I don't know, a guy like DeMar DeRozan when they could have a shot at all these other guys. Well, that, I mean, that's the philosophy, right? Would you, would you rather have, you know, one bird in the hand or two in the bush as the saying goes? Um, 
I like Rubio, dude. I love Rubio for the Suns. I think he's done – I think he is, like – he shows the value of a point guard who can just, like, like run an offense and how important that is. Um, I don't know. But, like, I guess overall my point is I want Phoenix to do something to capitalize on their momentum that they had last year because if they don't – if they don't do that, I think they're going to end up just not making the playoffs. And, like, they haven't made the playoffs in a decade. Like get back to the playoffs. It'll be fun. Your team wants to do that, and Christian Wood will help you, and he'll he'll be worth the money. I think I'm more just talking specifically. I would love for them to trade for Chris Paul, and I proposed this plate on the Playground to mm-hmm. Trade Pod with like mm-hmm. Rubio, Ubre. Uh, I think it was Kaminsky in a first for Muscala and Chris Paul, and I just think Chris Paul and Booker with Bridges and Cam Johnson and eight, and I just think that's an elite level starting lineup that could make the playoffs. I would lock that in as a playoff team if that happened for sure. I don't feel comfortable locking anyone in the West in as a playoff team other than like the Lakers, Clippers, and Denver. Right. <laughs> like, I guess maybe Houston. I don't know Dallas, but Utah. But that's the thing. Like one injury can can set you back so much in the mm-hmm. West. Like you just, you're, there's no safety. Um, let's move on to one of my favorite point guards and one of the best point guards in free agency, if not the best. I guess it depends what you think of him and Goron. With the way Goron played in the playoffs. He's second best. But either way, it's uh, Fred Van Vliet, obviously a guy that I've grown to know and love being a Raptors fan. Uh, the mm-hmm. interesting thing about him is he's probably like a top five free agent as far as like what he's going to perform next year. But at the same time, he's a young guy. like He's 26, so he could fit on a rebuilding roster. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing his suitors being. Like It's looking like Toronto will obviously want him back, but then the Knicks and the Pistons are kind of in the in the run for him. So... I think really it comes down to what Fred's priorities are. If he wants to stay on a winner or if he wants to take an absolute bag from the Knicks overall, I think he'll probably get between 15 and 20 million, maybe like 18 or so, but I could see a team like the Knicks throwing like 20, 22 at him. And then, yeah, it comes down to what his priorities are really. Yeah. If, if I was Fred Van Vliet, I would want to like kind of have my own team. Like he has a title. Um, I, I'm not sure. Like, I wouldn't be sure about Toronto's long-term projections. Um, that's a discussion for another day. Like, uh, it'll be interesting. Like, I, I don't. I kind of like go back and forth on it. Like, Fred VanVleet is really good. Like, he's a really good basketball player. But he's also Fred VanVleet. Like, is he is he worth twenty million dollars? Like, th- and that like this is what brings you to the discussion of like, what does it mean worth? Like, if you're Toronto. And you want to keep competing, like yeah, he's worth twenty million dollars. Um, if you're the Knicks, like I don't know, like if you're gonna spend twenty million dollars, I think you'd want to get someone better than Fred Van Vliet. And I'm not saying that he's not good. I think he's a really good player. Um, but then there's also a case like, what if he goes to the Knicks, and the Knicks like win a few more games, and maybe they make the playoffs one year, but they don't really make the playoffs the other years. You're gonna be like, why? Like if you're a Knicks fan, you're gonna be like, why are we playing Fred Van Vliet? 22 million dollars or something right so like i don't know i go back and forth on him so much not about his talent as a player but just like his value i'm but not sure if, what you're, it is. if you're saying joe harris is worth 15 then fred's worth 20 because fred's like a 40 percent three-point shooter himself he's an all defense level defender and he can legitimately run your offense as well but okay but there's a difference between like like if you're signing joe harris it's probably because he's a missing piece for you and I think that's baked into his value, right? So, like, if you're the Nets 
and you're bringing back Joe Harris, it's because you have KD and Kyrie, and you're like, yeah, it's worth every single dollar, $15 million, because, like, without him, it really reduces our chances. But with him, it makes him, like, it, 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 you know, we can win the finals. If you're Fred Van Vliet on the Knicks, it's not, it's not bringing you that same ceiling. Like, it's not bringing your team that same ceiling. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, he's, I think he's a better player than Joe Harris, but I don't know if that always lines up with value, which is like it's like a it's like a weird discussion to have, like when we're talking about like you know general managers and stuff. Like how do you how do you flush that out? Like value and what a player does for your ceiling and like what your roster structure already is. I don't know. So I go back and forth on him. Yeah, and overall, I think he'll stay in Toronto because even if he mm-hmm. even if he for some reason wants to go to a rebuilding team, and and he has talked about how he just wants to stay and he's a loyal guy. Like he said that from day one of this mm-hmm. off season. Even if you want to go to a rebuilding situation in Detroit or New York, Toronto's always already levels ahead on a rebuild. When you like, they have guys like Pascal and OG and Norm who are all young guys as well. And if you want to blow it up and trade Kyle and not re-sign Serge and not re-sign Mark, you already have a really solid foundation to a rebuild. And then on top of you even have a guy like Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas who really showed out this year. And on top of that, I just think, really, you can just trust in Masai and you have a guy in Masai who's literally capable of anything. So I think he will stay overall because I think both parties uh, have strong interest in reuniting or just keeping the uniting together. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I, I think, I think unity he'll stay. Unity is the word. <laughs> well, I don't know. Keeping the unity. That's not what I was more trying to say. Like they have interest in, uh, uh, staying, staying connected, staying together, staying in unison, staying, staying yeah. in unison. There, there were so go. many different things you could have done. They have interest in signing a contract, but there you go. Yeah. I think, I think he'll stay overall, but I, I'm, I am interested because like I said, he's a guy who he's one of the, few guys if not the only guy this offseason who can fit a win now situation and a rebuilding situation i i kind of I, I think he leaves i think he leaves i think that some team is going to offer a ton of money for him and it's, it's going to be it's going to be like maybe a few million more per year than what the raptors want to offer him and he's just going to chase the bag as he should, should we wager should we put a wager on this yeah um let's do wherever he signs Okay, so if if he signs off of the Raptors, you have to pay me whatever his contract is worth. And if he stays on the Raptors, I have to pay you whatever his contract is worth. What, in like cents? We're going to turn the millions of dollars into cents? Nope, I'm going to start a GoFundMe, and I'm going to raise the money, and that's how we're going to do it. Okay, so we'll end up paying each other about anywhere from 15 to 22 mil a year. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. We make about that off this. Uh, (laughs) Let's move on to another guy. That's what we rake in for this pot. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about Goran Dragic, okay? Because how old is Goran Dragic? Are you asking me because you don't know, or are you asking me as like a skill testing question? I'm asking you because I'm like ninety percent sure I know, and I wanted you to like say the like the number that I was thinking so I could confirm it. He's thirty four. He's thirty four. Yeah. Uh, if some team offers Goran Dragic... What were you going to guess? I was going to say 35. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's 34. If some team offers Goran Dragic, like, a four-year deal, he's taking that deal. Yeah. He is. And I don't think it's going to come from Miami because they want they don't want to clog up their, their books. They want to stay open for a guy like Giannis. Or, like, if Oladipo comes back and has a great year... 
They want to stay open for a guy like him. If Drew Holiday opts out next year, like they want to be able to, a chance to get him. Um, so I, I mean, as much as we heard, we've heard a lot about how how like Jimmy and Dragic are like best friends, and Dragic is super loyal, and he said like all the right things. If you're a Heat fan, he's like, yeah, you know, like I want to come back. But what's he gonna do? He's gonna sign a one year deal. Like a, it would it would be a big one year deal. It'd be like you know, twenty five million or something. But. And then he's going to try and hit free agency again. And, and if like if someone offers him four years for like 20 million ish a year, he's taking it. What about four? What about like four, four fifty or something like a um, lot less annual value? But he is locked up for four years. I don't think because I don't think anyone's going to offer him four years at 20 million a year because I may, I don't know. I don't know what they, to think. I don't of the know. Knicks. Though, the like, Knicks will do anything. I, I see what you're saying. Right? You just have I to look at no one has cap space this offseason. I know, that, which is why I, I really do believe we're going to see teams like try and move off of players somehow. Well, um, we've already seen Bobby Mark say that he thinks the real like free agency or whatever isn't going to come from signings, but like the trade market's going to be pretty crazy this offseason. Yeah, um, I could I could definitely see well, it. The trades are either going to happen like to clear up cap space for teams or they're going to happen like obviously like mid like mid-season um, because everyone's going to be like matching each other in salaries now but like i don't know like if if so let's let's do this right let's say some team offers Drogic four years 60 million so it's 15 million dollars a year but for four years i mean like i think he takes it right? i still think he and would take I, like 450 or something over a big one-year deal Either way, I think we're on the same page. Where like he's gonna take the the years, yeah. Um, and like that's if you're a team that wants to lure him away from Miami, like that's that's what you do. You you just give him the years, um, because at the end of that contract, he's gonna be 38, and he'll he'll still be like playable. Um, but I don't know. Like it's it's interesting. It's Miami Miami kind of has like a dilemma with him for sure. Well, Listen to these teams who have cap space. Like other than Miami, it's Atlanta, New York, Detroit, Charlotte, and Phoenix. Their projected cap space. Every single one of those is rebuilding. I guess Phoenix is trying to win, but at the end of the day, when they're in the West, they are still a couple pieces away from really winning, unless it's like a really, really big piece. So I, I don't know. Does Charlotte offer him a bunch of money? The, do the Knicks? Maybe the Knicks offer him a bunch of money, then trade for Westbrook. And quite honestly, that's probably an eight seed in the East. Uh, oh, that team would definitely make the playoffs. But sure. and that's also a team that I just wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. Like I would feel confident if they were a seven seed hanging against against my team's two seed. But Drogic is so good, and Russ, depending on the Russ you get, can literally beat a team by himself. But mm. overall, I would still th- I still think they'd lose. But that's a team that I just wouldn't. I'd rather see like the Orlando Magic or something. Yeah, it's this is why this is such a weird free agency year. Like it's the teams so with cash weird. base are are teams where, like, the big-name guys probably don't want to sign, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I have I have no idea what's going to happen. That's why he's so – like, if I had to bet on it, I actually would bet that he ends up going back to Miami on just, like, a, like, a one-year balloon contract. That's what I think. But I I don't know. I have no idea what to think about it. That's why he was, that's why he was on my list because it can go so many different ways. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a guy who – Throughout the entire season, it looked like he was just getting prepared to get the bag from one of these teams because he is a young guy. I guess he's the other guy other than Fred who can enter a win now and also a rebuilding situation. That's Montrez Harrell. 
And mm. I know there was a lot of talk as he was having his fantastic season. Obviously, he won six man of the year of, you know, maybe he'll go to Charlotte and him and PJ Washington will be the bigs there. Or I guess maybe Atlanta, but then Atlanta got Clint Capella, so probably not anymore. Um, his playoffs were very underwhelming, and I think that really kind of diminished his value a bit, which may be a little unfair, but that's just what happens. And I also think because of the lack of cap space, it, it just it will end up working that way. But yeah, I just I don't know what I think about Montrezl Harrell. Defensively, he is very difficult to play, but offensively, if you have a good pick and roll guard, he can be very very effective. We've seen what he did with Lou mm-hmm. Will, um, and realistically, Montrezl Harrell is either okay. He Montrezl Harrell and the Raptors already have inked a deal under the table, or he is putting on the greatest troll job ever. Like I know. Have we talked about it on this pod. Yeah, I like the I, uh, fact that this guy named his AU team the Team Trez Raptors and made his logo the Raptors logo on top of being the only team he follows on Instagram. And I obviously don't want to get into the whole Instagram conspiracy thing, but that is kind of weird because it's not like he's following Kyle Lowry and Pascal. He's following like the team page. I mean, like if there's one team that could kind of hide his defensive inefficiencies, it would be Toronto. Um, right. And I think I think Nick Nurse he just finds a way to get defense out of everybody. Yeah. And we've seen Kyle Lowry make Chris Boucher and like Bebe Nagira look like absolute elite level pick and roll dive guys. So I could only imagine what Lowry could do with Harrell on that end. That's that's a name, Bebe. Um so, all right, so you know, here's here's the way I'm looking at it. Like the Clippers are having some weird t- turmoil right now. Um, like Stephen A came out the other day and said that Kawhi has been talking about like how he wants the Clippers to trade for a point guard. Um and it's there's a lot of and we've heard all the other reports about how like there's a lot of friction within that team about how they thought Kawhi got like treated way 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 and obviously he's a stu- superstar but like got but way I don't know what to believe anymore because we also heard right after that that Harold and Lou Will said they didn't say that so I just like I said but, I literally they... don't believe anything unless it comes from Shams or Woj I mean but like this this adds up for me like oh it totally makes sense. Here's a team on paper that like should have won everything and they didn't and it wasn't because of talent and we hear these we see it on the court and we hear these rumors all year like it just everything makes sense for me that like this would be the case and when you look at their team it's it's the weirdest personality like none of those personalities fit together right like you have you have Paul George who thinks he's really he, he thinks he's a good player but he thinks he's much better than what he is you have Kawhi Leonard who I think is just like has the maturity level of a snail like and just because he's quiet we don't like peg him on this enough like he ran away from doctors it's remarkable like we forget that he was running away from doctors um he doesn't talk to anyone it's it's weird like he he did the whole troll job with the Lakers when he was signing with the Clippers to get the Lakers to think he was signing with them. like um I feel See, like I don't know how much of that I believe either I but see, I believe it though. Like, like I saw... think it was just a guy mulling his decision. Like I don't think he was like, I'm gonna make sure they don't get anybody. But I just I don't know. Either way, like I think he's really immature. And then you hear you hear more stories about him, and it's like I think he's just weird and immature. And then you have like, um, then you have Lou Williams who is really 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 good, and he can be like kind of like a hot head. Like I'm not saying that in a bad way, but like you know he can have he can be really passionate, but like a temper. And same same with Pat Beverly and 
And then, like, Montrez Harrell is just a guy who wants to, like, you know, do everything he can possible on the court. It's just so weird. And Paul like, George nothing... will beef everyone without doing anything. Yeah, like, I feel like that team is so weird. So my my point, my, my, the point I was trying to make was, like, if Montrez Harrell leaves, I think it's going to be an indictment on just how dysfunctional the chemistry is in Los Angeles. For him, if he were to, you know, let's say the Clippers offer him, like, I don't know, 14 a year and then like a team like charlotte offers him you know 18 a year you could be like okay he's taking more money in charlotte but you could also see it as him just being like yeah you know what i know they're paying me more money elsewhere but i just don't want to be on this team like if if he willingly leaves a title a team that can win a title to go play in a place like atlanta or charlotte it's really just going to be an indictment on the clippers locker room I think he'll sign a one-year either in L.A. or Toronto, or he'll take, like, a multi-year in one of these bottom teams. And, like, it's not even just all this, like, conspiracy stuff with Toronto. It just makes sense. Like, Serge and Mark are off the books. They need a center. uh, And maybe they choose Harrell over one of those guys. And people go to Toronto to boost their value up. That's what Rondé did this year. He signed a one-year there. Mm -hmm. That's what Stanley was trying to do. Like, I just... People do that. So, I think it'll, it'll be the Clippers or the Raptors, or he'll take a big deal with, like, the Knicks or Charlotte. Um, it is kind of funny how you mentioned Kawhi saying he needed a point guard, and it's like, oh wow, you didn't realize that after your two championships you won were both with point guards who made like six All Star teams. Like, I don't. And then exactly. you went to Patrick Beverly, like he played with Tony Parker and then Kyle Lowry, both guys who, you know, probably gonna make the Hall of Fame. And then he goes to Patrick Beverly, and yeah, there was a big drop off. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to like dump on Kawhi. I just think like he he escaped so much criticism. Oh, you just took a fat because... one on him. He escapes so much criticism just because he he's does. quiet. Like, no, but hey, that's like, smart, eh? You can do it, whatever you want, but as long as you stay out of the media, you're chilling. It's smart, but like, I, I just can't get over the fact that he actually hid from doctors. Like, that's what a four year old does. All right, moving on, or else I'll never stop talking about Kawhi. Um, so speaking of your, he's Toronto amazing Raptors, though. Oh yeah, he on any given night, he's the best player in the NBA. Um. I had Serge Ibaka next on my list because I think he's aging like fine wine. I yeah, think if you didn't put is... Serge on your list, I would have put him on mine. Yeah, I, he, dude, he's he's a needle mover for a team. He 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 pushes you into contention if if you if you need that guy. So like, I think he's an incredible fit for um for Brooklyn. Uh, and he, as we know, he's got a great relationship with Kevin Durant. I think he fits um, anywhere. Like honestly, yeah, he he does. the The issue with him is like. How much is he going to get paid? Um, you know, I think he has a higher value than the mid-level exception, which is like I think around like nine point three million bucks. I, I don't know. I don't know what he does. Like there are some people that are saying like, oh well, if you're Serge Ibaka, you've already been paid a ton of money. You won a championship. You've been to two different finals. You know, it's a, he he might actually just want to like stay on a contending team and take less money, but. I don't know. Like, I feel like we don't see players do that too, too often. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, my gut for some reason is telling me he ends up in Brooklyn. Um, mm. but we'll see where, what, what do you think, what do you think is going to happen with him? Yeah, I, uh, I'm leaning Toronto or Miami. Ultimately, I think he'll stay because he is so vocal wanting to stay. Like if you watch any of his videos or photos mm-hmm. he's posting right now, like he's still wearing Raptors gear and, mm-hmm. Um, we know how much of a fashion icon he is, so he's not just wearing it to to look cool. 
But I, <laughs> I, I just I think he stays. I think it's a good place for him because as much as he is great and he's improving well and he's a guy who can play literally at the four or the five, he's a guy who's comfortable with coming off the bench or starting. Um, mm-hmm. I ultimately think. I guess I think Mark goes to Spain. I don't really know what to think about that situation, but I think Serge comes back and starts for the Raptors at center. I think he likes playing with Kyle Lowry because those two run an insanely good and effective pick-and-pop game together. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think Nick Nurse knows how to use them, and I just think as a guy who's approaching his 30s, he just wouldn't want to mess anything up and risk it and you know, but I, I do think he he could go to Miami too because he'd be a perfect backup big for them. And they were showing that they missed that a lot, like the rim protection off the bench. Because as soon as Bam went out of the game or when Bam was hurt, they had no one. Like Myers Leonard was decent, but he can't really do much. Kelly Olynyk can do a lot for you offensively, but he's obviously not going to protect the rim defensively. So I'm leaning Toronto or Miami, and I would predict Toronto. Yeah, so I don't I don't think he's going to accept like lesser of a role. Um I think that Toronto does make a lot of sense, which like doesn't make this an exciting podcast because we're like, yeah, he's going to go to Toronto. He's going to go to Toronto. He's going to go to Toronto. But like, he's got a good relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just going to go. They just, you know what though? Like Toronto and I've, I've said this. I think they have the best staff in the NBA. When you encounter coaching GM scouting their development in their G league, like they've had three G league MVPs. They won a championship and, Guys like Fred and Norman Pascal and Pert have all come out of their G League. I just, they have notably the best team doctor in the league, which, I mean, take that for what you want. It's it's very important and it played a it big is. role in them winning the championship. So I just think they have like the best overall staff, a lot better than, you know, Danny Ainge. Hey, now. I just wanted I to go- feed you into your rant. I wanted yeah, to no, segue I, that. I, <laughs> I took that. I took that seriously, and, and I just realized, okay, let me get into my Danny Ainge rant. And if this goes more than five minutes, just, like, like I don't know, like, just text me and be like, dude, freaking stop. So, Oh, I'm not going to text you. I'm just going to interrupt you. You're just going to do it right here. Good. All right. So on Twitter today, um, and just on other days, because I don't want to single someone out, um, people have been, like, criti- saying Danny Ainge, crazy things, saying Danny Ainge should be, should be like, fire. That, I can't. Wait, what? Who's been I, saying yeah, that? I can't tell you how terrible of an opinion this is. What, no, like, who, like, who? Why? I'm not dropping names. Uh, no, like, but, like, why are they saying that? Okay. I, so, a lot of people are just, like, looking at the, the, the Celtics' loss to the Heat, and they're, like, blaming Danny Ainge for not getting the right personnel. Can I just take you through the – so, obviously, opinions – are like we say, oh, opinions are all subjective, right? Like, like this is as close to an objectively bad, like factually wrong opinion you could ever have. And here's why. All right, let me just take you through, like, in recent, in just recent years, how freaking fantastic Danny Ainge has been. Okay, hired Brad Stevens. Now, it takes some kind of balls to hire a mid-major NCAA coach. Bring him onto your staff, right? We have seen time and time again how even the biggest names, when they go to the NBA from college, fail miserably. He plucks this guy out of nowhere, right? And it and and he's been unbelievable with Boston. Well, he did make back to back NCAA championships. No, he did, he did. But what I'm saying is like, I still get your point, but it definitely wasn't out of just Butler. nowhere. He took him from Butler, like. It, and it it was such a gamble because no like we know that it, it's super risky to take an NCAA coach. A lot of them fail. 
He did it, and it worked absolutely well. And, like, Brad Stevens is a top five to seven coach in the NBA, right? And, like, I'm not saying he's absolved from all criticism, but he's a really good basketball no, he coach. Really good. You'd be hard-pressed to find one. Like, if you were to fire him, you'd be hard-pressed to find one that's better. Um, so that's, so, so there's, that's the first point. Okay, next, the, the Kyrie trade is an absolute, like, it, yeah, it didn't work out, but he fleeced the Cavs. He gave up Jay Crowder and a busted-up Isaiah Thomas for in, in, in uh, a draft pick that like what ended up being not incredibly as valuable as what we thought for Kyrie Irving. And yeah, it didn't work out in Boston with Kyrie Irving, but he was able to acquire an all NBA caliber player for a broken down Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder. It's, it's a robbery. Um, he, he brings over all-star Gordon Hayward. Now we, we know Gordon Hayward has had terrible injury luck. It's just bad luck. No one ever saw that coming. He stole away an all-star like 26, 27 year old in the middle of his prime and got him to go to Boston. He was able to sign Kevin Walker, all NBA caliber player, all-star, sign him. He signed Al Horford, who ended up making all defensive teams and was an all-star. And he was in, in the Celtics went to the Eastern Conference Finals with him. He, um, Marcus Smart's deal, Marcus Smart is one of the top five best defensive players in the NBA. He, he would start on like over two-thirds of the league. He's getting, what, $12 million a year? It's a steal. Daniel Tice, his contract is a steal. He tr th and this is the craziest part. So I'm not, I'm not even going to touch upon how Jalen Brown was remarkably unpopular as a draft pick, and now he's an all-star caliber player. Um, the Jason Tatum one to me is like, I don't know how you could ever look at what Danny Ainge did with Jason Tatum and say you want to fire Danny Ainge. Because in every single draft, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, you see general managers sacrifice future assets to move up to get the best player in the draft. We see it time and time again. Danny Ainge did the opposite. He traded back in a draft to avoid Markel Fultz, who's a bust, to avoid Lonzo Ball, who honestly the jury is still out if he was worth his draft selection. Not only did he get the best player in that draft, he got paid to do it. He got assets to take the best player in the draft. Okay, so like the, fault, the Fultz bust thing is a little unfair though, because I always feel bad calling guys bust when it's off injury. I know the the injury. It, 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 I, that that's that's a that's a good point because it's it's not his fault. His shoulder thing is like not his fault. Um, and I love Marco. Fultz, Either way, he still he still did avoid him, but yeah, yeah I just he, he, I try to avoid the bust word when it's due to injury. Good point. Good point. So we won't call him a bust. But either way, he avoided a landmine, and he got paid to do it. He got other assets to do it. So like. If you're, it just, it makes absolutely zero sense. Like, what are you going to criticize him for? Like, I, I've had Ainge criticisms. I'm, I thought he should have traded for a guy like Luke Kennard, but like, it's not a fireable offense. To yeah, say no, you want to let. Well, that's the thing. Like, you can say he didn't take the opportunity to go all in in these last two seasons when he could have and maybe should have, but like, just like, it's not a fireable thing. It's ridiculous. Like, when. Yeah, I don't know. T to get fired as a GM, like you have to consistently over the course of like five years make just terrible move after terrible move after terrible move, or get caught in some burner scandal. Brian Glenn's. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't. That's yeah, I don't get it. Why are you giving these people attention and time? Uh, I don't know. It just got me upset this morning. All right, let's move on to uh, another guy who used to play for the Celtics. Actually, the only guy to win a championship on the Lakers and the Celtics, Rajon Rondo. And mm. he only became intriguing because of how well he played in the playoffs. And 
you know, it, he's really a guy who it, it just seems like no matter what he does in the regular season, no matter how he looks over the course of two years, if he's on your team in the playoffs, he's going to help you. I don't. I th- I personally think, and you may think different as a boss fan. I don't. Th- I think if he doesn't get hurt in that Chicago series, they upset them eight versus one. Like they were up two zero, oh. and then he got hurt. Um, yeah. but anyways, he just he's a guy who can absolutely raise your ceiling. He's not gonna necessarily, I guess, raise your floor. I don't necessarily know what that means, but he he's gonna come into an already contender and really provide value in the playoffs. We saw he played big minutes. He probably was the third best player on the Lakers throughout that entire playoff run. Um, and yeah, he opted out. It looks like he's going to go try to get some money elsewhere. And I think he's a guy who would honestly take a shot at a contender for under 10 mil. Like, I don't think he's going to get paid that much. I think a large majority of teams would be willing to sign him because of the value he brings. And yeah, I just... He's still he's still so good. That's all I got from watching him in the playoffs. I was just, he is so smart, and he helps you win games with his cutting, with his passing. He can run the offense. He became an absolute elite-level shooter, which I don't expect his playoff clip to continue. But if he can shoot... Like, what did he shoot in the playoffs? Where Where is this? It was insane. It was... At one point, he shot forty percent like, in the playoffs this year. He shot forty-two percent in the playoffs when he was with New Orleans from three. I, I guess when the playoffs hit, he just becomes a knockdown shooter. At one point this season in the playoffs, he was like forty-five percent from three. Yeah. Um, so, like, even if he can shoot thirty-five percent for you, that's amazing. So, I just I don't know where he goes. I think tons and tons of contenders will be open to him. Maybe he goes to the Clippers. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I. I'd love to see him back in LA. I know Boston fans want to see him back in Boston, which that's that's a move that I mean he's he's gonna get paid more than what the Celtics can offer him, but like that would be unbelievable. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he I mean, it would be maybe the worst clash of personalities you could ever imagine, but like I wouldn't be surprised if we heard like some rumors about Brooklyn. Um just to like get another like championship caliber player who we know can, can he can play regardless of who's on the court. Well, that's a, um, he's gonna like you're gonna watch the regular season and you're gonna say why did we sign this guy? That was so stupid. He was washed last year with the Lakers was luck, and all of a sudden the playoffs are gonna hit and he's gonna turn up. And I yep. I fell into the trap this year of I didn't necessarily think he was as bad as everyone else did in the regular season, but I still was like I don't know he's just he's whatever he's gonna do his thing and not be super beneficial. But then all of a sudden just turn it around. So I'm just I'm not gonna doubt on him. Just like I'm never going to doubt LeBron, obviously in two completely different stratospheres, but for what Rondo's going to bring you, I'm just never going to doubt what he can do for you in the playoffs. I I mean, there's a lot of teams I'd like to see him go to. Um, I think I think he's going to stay in LA, personally. I think he's going to stay in Los Angeles, but just 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 my opinion. Yeah, I kind of I think so, and I kind of hope so too. Um, okay, let let me go to my last guy, uh, Davis Bertans. Mm, I like him. Another guy who's like, you know, kind of obviously so, you know, much bigger than Joe Harris, but kind of like the same mold, right? Like, and everything we said about Joe Harris, we could probably say that that was Bertans. And that sucks. Like, it sucks that, like, this guy should be getting paid. But I guess what we <laughs> Bertans is probably about, even a better shooter. I, I would say so. I think he's the third best shooter in the league. People were saying Duncan. I think it's Bertans behind Clay and Steph. Um, yeah, I have Clay first. Well, I don't What? Know. You don't have Steph I first? I go back and forth between those two. Crack. I go back and forth. Like, listen, obviously Steph can do 
off the dribble stuff that no one in the league has ever done before. And that is why he is number one. But I think something needs to be said that, like, I think Clay Thompson is the best catch and shoot player of all time. And I think I would still put Steph as that, but I I think Clay's right behind him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess like overall shooting, I have no problem putting Steph first. Like the way Steph can run off screens, shoot off like one foot off balance. Like he doesn't even have to be set and his release is so quick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I just think what Clay does, like when you watch him on the catch, the ball is like hardly in his hands at all. I don't know. No, I definitely think Clay's second best. Like I think he's the second best all time. Okay, we'll go with Steph. I can go either, with Steph. E- either way, they're one and two for sure. Right. Um, I would like to – there's a chance next year the Wizards are, like, a good basketball team. And I think that's a really funny thing to say. But, like, it, let's say John Wall is, like, 85% of what he once was, which I think is is reasonable because he hasn't played basketball in, like, two, two years. 